tonight, Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And uh, boy, I'm excited about the message tonight. I've been excited about this series, been enjoying the road to readiness. As we follow many of the heroes of the faith, as we look at our theme this year of being ready, a people prepared for the Lord, not just prepared to meet the Lord, but to be used to the Lord. And we're following heroes of the faith, people that God used, and we want to find out the steps that God took them through to make them ready to be used to the Lord. So far we've looked at Noah, and then we've looked at Abraham. And uh, I enjoyed Abraham, looking at those four altars, those places that God took him to, getting him ready to be used. But tonight we're going to look at another one of my favorites. Uh, What an example tonight in the life of Joseph. So Genesis chapter 37, if you're there, uh, let's look down, if we could, uh, for the sake of time, to verse 23. If you're there, let's go ahead and stand. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, look down to verse 23. Uh, For the sake of time, you know the story. Joseph has told his brothers and his dad about the visions he's had. And the Bible says, when you look up in verse number 10, that they were envious of him. They had a bad spirit, verse 11, about him and what he said. Uh, And now the plot has begun to take care of their brother. Uh, Now, I'm sure all of us have had uh, tense moments with our siblings. uh, But I think this probably takes the cake, what they're about to do to him. Verse 23, and it came to pass when Joseph was common to his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him. Now watch this. Believe it or not, this is going to be the first stop on Joseph's road to readiness. God brought him to a very unique place because there were some very unique lessons that he was going to learn at this place in verse 24. The Bible says they cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. They sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. (laughs) Hard to believe they had a few morals right there in the middle of verse 27. The light bulb flickered for a moment, and his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Let's pray together. Father, I do thank you tonight for the privilege of praying. And Lord, don't want to run through our prayer list tonight, but Lord, of so many that are on there, a lot of our people that would, that would normally even be here tonight, pray for them. When we lift them up, we pray for healing. We pray for grace for those that are grieving. Uh, Father, we pray for peace for those who have doubts and fears and wonderings, Lord, about questions of life. Now, Father, we pray tonight you'd meet with us. Bless the time that we have, Lord, as we open your word. I pray it'd be a wonderful time tonight where our hearts would see the truth that you've sent. Help us take it, receive it, respond to it, and apply it to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the last few uh, months we've looked at Abraham. It took us a little while with several different events. We had on Wednesday night that interrupted our study, but we looked at Abraham uh, and our, I'm sorry, we, we looked at Abraham, and now we're looking at Joseph. And uh, as we looked at Abraham, it was interesting all the places that God would meet with him, all the places that God took him. And you notice uh, God took him to mountaintops and altars. 
You think about that. Uh, the different altars and the mountains that he took him to. He took him to Shechem, that wonderful place of decision, and, and then to Horeb, and then to, to Mamre. He took him to that place. And these were great places where he would meet with God, altars where he would build to God. The life of Joseph is going to be very different tonight. It's going to contrast, and we're going to look at Joseph for the next few weeks. And the path that God would take him is probably one you and I could relate to better. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love to meet with God on the mountaintop all the time, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be great if we had those moments that Abraham did where he was able to meet with God and ultimately we go all the way to where he would meet up on top of the mountain to sacrifice Isaac and hear from God and see God work miraculously in his life. Those mountaintop experiences with God are wonderful, but God doesn't always lead us to mountaintops, does he? Tonight we're going to look at Joseph and where God would lead him would be somewhere that maybe we do not want to go, but somewhere we've all been together. And if there's something that I have learned in the few years of ministry that I've been in is that where God calls us and when God calls us and how God calls us is really not for us to decide. The path of ministry that God calls us in is not something necessarily that we get to go and go on one of those hiring websites and say, you know, uh, where do I feel like I'm going to fit in best, you know? The odds are you would never see a job opening for ministry in Hawaii, all right? Why? Because we'd all want to go to Hawaii. Who wouldn't? Or maybe up to, the, up to the mountains, you know, where you have a beautiful view. Odds are God's not going to lead you down the path maybe that you want to go on. But to be honest with you tonight, it really doesn't matter anyway. All that's up for us to decide is that we're going to be obedient to the path that God leads us on. Kind of like this song, It Is Well With My Soul. What are the words that are hard to say sometimes? Whatever my lot. Whatever my lot. Now, I'd love to have a path like Abraham on that road to readiness, getting ready. But tonight, we're going to follow a path that Joseph is on. And Joseph's path is going to lead him somewhere that I think we all need to go to. Look down, if you will. We're going to just jump right into it. The Bible says in verse 24, they took him and cast him into a pit. Into a pit. Now, you're thinking, well, I, I'm not signing up for that mission trip. I'd rather go up to the mountain. I'd rather go to Shechem. I'd rather go to Bethel with Abraham. I'd rather go to Mount Moriah. I'd rather go there and see God work. Uh, I don't want to sign up for the missions trip that leads me down to a road that it's going to lead me into a pit. But could I just ask you this tonight? If God could work through the pit, would you be willing to go? If God could take you to a place that maybe you wouldn't want to go on the road to readiness, I think we ought to all be willing to go. Why? Because we all need to be ready. And if God so chooses to use a pit... As your first stop on the road to readiness, I think tonight you ought to go. And I'm going to show you why the pit is really not that bad of a place. So tonight, let's look at the life of Joseph, the road to readiness, and the purpose of a pit. And we're going to stop here first. This is the first stop God would take him. And I think tonight it's a good place for us to look at as well. So down in verse 24, he's here in this pit. Now, I want you to think about this tonight, if you will. Here's Joseph. I believe with all of my heart, Joseph did not know what was about to happen to him. All right? I see Joseph as a very innocent young man. I think we can see that in the life of Joseph, the temptations he had, uh, all the things that came his way. You see an innocent heart in the life of Joseph. So here's Joseph coming to be with his brothers. The Bible says in verse 23, it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren. So here he is. Uh, look, I don't know if this is in there, so this is just opinion, okay? I kind of figure he's skipping a little bit. I, I picture him as a skipper. Uh, and then I picture him maybe whistling a little bit. I mean, he had that coat of many colors, and I just see it flowing along. And all of a sudden, he comes to his brothers. 
<laughs> and his brothers takes his coat off. And then his brothers take him and throw him down into the pit. Now, here's what I believe Joseph was probably thinking. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming. My brother and sister and I, we always got alone together. Now, every once in a while, we, would, we, we might just have a few tense moments of fellowship. But most of the time, we, we got alone. Mom and dad did not allow bickering. That's what they called it. There's no bickering. We didn't fight. Uh, that just was not allowed, okay? I don't think Joseph ever pictured that happening to him. I would have never imagined my brothers or sisters would do something like that to me. And now Joseph finds himself in the bottom of this hole, in this pit. It was probably a dried up cistern. If you look down, the Bible says there was no water in it. Most likely it was a dried up cistern. So here he is in a pit. It's a place that he didn't know he was going to. It's a place that if he got to choose, the odds are, could we just... Take a hypothesis tonight, Joseph wouldn't have wanted to go to. But this pit was going to be an important place in his life on the road to readiness to be used of God. The first thing I want you to see about the pit tonight is this. It was a place that was hidden. It was a place that was hidden. Now stick with me tonight, all right? God didn't warn him in advance that the pit was coming. God did not whisper to Joseph as he went to meet his brothers and said, hey, just letting you know, don't panic, don't worry, don't be afraid, but your brothers are going to take your coat and they're going to throw you down in the hole. Now, why is this pit important in the life of Joseph? I believe God's teaching Joseph a trait that he's going to need and a truth that he's going to need as he moves on in the will of God for his life, and it's a truth about the unexpected. Now, hear me out tonight. If there is one thing that I believe can derail your walk with God as we travel the road to readiness, do you know what that one thing is that can derail you quicker than anything? It's the unexpected. That as you go along the will of God for your life, then you've got it all mapped out. Look, listen to me tonight. I have my day mapped out tomorrow. The pink squares are already there. Things I need to do. I've got the next day planned out and the next day planned out. And I'm working on making sure I'm ready for Sunday when it rolls around. And I've got it all planned out in a beautiful straight line. But I have learned that God does not always lead me in a straight line. That sometimes, in the will of God for my life, God has detours of my plans. Now, by the way, they're not detours to his plans. They're detours to my plans. And if you're not careful, as we go down the road to readiness, you will give up the will of God for your life when something unexpected comes along that doesn't fit your plans. Story about Gracie Allen. I've watched some of her shows. Uh, George Burns, his wife. Uh, funny comedian. She's a little bit, you know, witless. If you've ever watched Gracie Allen, uh, she was a very funny lady, uh, very natural comedian. And the story goes that she was always playing pranks on her friends. And her friends were always playing pranks on her. And the story goes that one of her friends actually sent her a baby live alligator. True story. She opens the box up, sees the alligator, scares her for a moment, but then she begins laughing. Uh, this, a friend took the practical joke that far. She was on her way to a photo shoot, didn't have any time to do anything with the alligator, so she went back to the bathtub, put some water in the bathtub, put the stopper in, and put the baby alligator in the bathtub and just went on to the photo shoot. The story goes, I read it, it's true, because I read it on the internet, and the story goes on to say that the housekeeper came over to clean the, the bathroom and to clean the house, and when she walked into the bathroom, there's looking at her, this baby alligator in the bathtub. Gracie Allen came home from the photo shoot, and the letter, the letter read this. Dear Miss Allen, 
sorry, but I have quit. I don't work in houses where there's an alligator. I'd have told you this when I took on the job, but I never thought it would come up. (laughs) Do you know what happened? The unexpected costed her her job. She's like, I didn't see that coming. You know, I'm going to come. Maybe the, you know, George Burns smoked uh, cigars. Maybe there's going to be ashes everywhere. I expected that. Maybe there's going to be clothes everywhere on the floor. Okay, I expected that. But I never expected an alligator in the tub. And the unexpected cost her her job. Now, folks, can I tell you the unexpected in your life as a child of God, as you walk the road of the will of God, on this road of readiness, one of the things that will cost you everything if you're not prepared for those hidden places, those places of the unexpected. If you've ever set a trap or maybe lived out in the country as a teenage boy, I I love trapping animals, all right? I'd let them go, but it was just fun trapping them. One of the most effective traps you can ever have is called a pitfall. A pitfall is when you go and you, you dig this really big hole. <laughs> Nowadays, that's why most people won't do it because you have to dig a big hole. They're like, no, it ain't worth it. You dig this really big hole and then you cover it with leaves and limbs. You ever seen Swiss Family Robinson? When my dad surrendered to preach, that's what I envisioned we were going to do. We just went to Covington County, but you know, it was, it was a great thought. On Swiss Family Robinson, remember Francis, that kid, he wanted to catch his tiger. He dug that big old hole and he put the palm fronds over it. And that tiger's walking along unsuspectedly and he steps on that, boom, and he falls into the pit. That's what this is tonight. Joseph fell into a pitfall. And he's thinking to himself, you know, what is happening? I didn't expect this. I didn't plan this. Now, can I tell you what Joseph could have done? He could have given up on God right there. By the way, that's what a lot of us do. We have an unexpected death. We have an unexpected diagnosis. We have an unexpected difficulty. I mean, here we are trying to serve God. Look, you're here on a Wednesday night. Thank you for being here. And you're here on a Wednesday night. And on the way home, you get a flat tire. And you're thinking, well, that's a nice how do you do. Here I am. I'm one of the faithful people. I came on Wednesday night, and Lord, I have a flat tire on the way home. I wasn't expecting that. Watch this. We utter these words. That wasn't part of the plan. You ever said those words? I have. That wasn't part of the plan. You get married. You picture the happily ever after in the castle, the knight in shining armor. You never picture any rust on that armor, do you? You never picture the armor heading the other way. You never picture the castle falling in. We never picture those things. But those things happen, don't they? If you're not careful, the unexpected, those hidden places, those pits along the way of the will of God, listen to me, they can do you in. And then one day you're going to say, God, that wasn't part of the plan. Watch this. Maybe it wasn't part of yours. It was always part of God's. Can I tell you something? I I want this to encourage you, okay? The Lord has never encountered the unexpected. You didn't amen, so you didn't get it. The Lord has never encountered the unexpected. Never. The Lord has never been sitting up there in heaven and says, whoo, I didn't see that coming. Man, I called these folks to go up to Kansas City. You know, I I didn't see what was, I don't know what you're going to go through planting the church, but I know what we went through planting ours. You know, there's a lot of things that happened to us. I had no clue were going to happen. I, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but God already does. Hey, can I tell you tonight, 
Some of us need to spend a little bit time in the pit. Why? Because it's in the pit that we realize it wasn't my plan. It's God's plan that matters. And even though it might be hidden to me, watch this. It wasn't hidden to God. You know, there's a lot of things hidden to me when I moved here. This little thing called COVID, the Lord didn't tell me about that. Yeah, you're going to move there, and, and less than a year later, worldwide pandemic. Pandemics lead to pandemonium. And man, it's going to be bad, and there's going to be tension and friction and all these things. People are going to pass away. Can I tell you, that was totally unexpected to me, but it wasn't unexpected to God. Oh, can I tell you, I didn't like the pit that I fell into, and you don't like the pits that you fall into, but can I tell you, God can use the pits for his purpose. Can I tell you, there's sometimes in my life, you ever use the term, boy, this is the pits. But it's really the purpose. God says, I got a purpose in that. Number one tonight, on the road to readiness, Joseph's first stop was not an altar or a mountain. It was actually a pit. The Bible says in James chapter 1, I want you to think about this tonight in light of this point. James chapter 1, verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' Temptations are diverse temptations. Do you know what word jumps out to me in that verse? When you fall. You fall. Now, I don't know about you, but I fall down. All right? Maybe it's just because I'm heavier than you. Maybe you're so light, you fall up. I, I fall down. Do you know where Joseph went in that pit? He fell down into that pit. The Bible says, watch this, count it. All joy when you fall in diverse temptations. Now, wait a minute. You look up that word, fall. Do you know what it means? To be encompassed about. I believe with all of my heart, James 1, 2 can apply to the pits. That you fall into this place and you come into this place and you're encompassed about. And what do you want to do? Well, you want to do what Job's wife wanted to do, curse God and die. Is that not what happened to Job's wife? She was encompassed. Would you not call losing 10 children your property and the health of your husband a pit? Lord, we're in this pit. We're surrounded by trouble. And what does the Bible say? Count it all joy. You're thinking about yourself. How on earth do you count it all joy? Can I tell you, you're, we're not supposed to overreact to the hidden places because they were never hidden from God. Do you know how you can count it all joy? When you fall into the pit, you're surrounded and encompassed about with troubles. How do you count that as joy? By the way, that word count means to consider it. Consider it a joy. Why? Watch. When I'm on the road to readiness and I'm walking in the will of God for my life and suddenly I find myself like Joseph in one of those hidden places, something that I didn't see coming. That God, this was unexpected. Watch this. Do you know why you can count it joy? Because even though it was hidden from you, it wasn't hidden for God. And that pit is part of the purpose. You know, when we know the story of Joseph, we have the, the privilege of hindsight, don't we? We know where Joseph's going, don't we? We know where Joseph ends up, don't we? If, if you were to tell Joseph, Joseph, look, this pit is part of the plan. It's going to lead you to the throne room of Egypt. Oh, I, get you, I bet you would accept it then. 
All right, God, if you can use this pit where I'm encompassed about, God, if you can use the unexpected trials in my life, God, if you can use the hidden valleys of my life to help get me where you want me to be, then I will praise you in the pit. Why? Because God's going to use that. Just a couple of chapters back, there's a a sad account, probably one of the top five saddest accounts in scriptures to me, or at least stories that I've read in scripture that you read how it all went down. Genesis chapter 35, we have Rachel here. Verse number 18, came to pass, well the Bible says, go in verse 17, it came to pass when she was in hard labor. Here she is giving birth to Benjamin. Now, I mean, a birth is a celebratory time, right? Uh, I don't think they had the Mylar balloons back then that said it's a boy. But I think they were celebratory about it, looking forward to this child being born, becoming part of their family. The Bible says, watch this, came to pass, she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. Came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died. She called his name Benoni. His father called him Benjamin. Watch verse 19. One of the saddest verses in scripture, I believe. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. I don't think that was part of Jacob's plan. When he was preparing to have a son, to think at this very same place, I'm going to bury my wife. You know what that was? It was a pit. It was a pit. Unexpected. Not warned, didn't know, didn't see that coming. Can I tell you, it was all part of God's plan. The pit is a place where we learn that we can trust God with his plan, even when it contradicts with our plan. A few days ago, I was, uh, we were at the home-going service for the Langford, and uh, I enjoyed just to go visit with him and sit there at his table where the battle would take me, and we'd talk about his motorcycles. And uh, he had a lot of motorcycles, built a lot of motorcycles. And he kept telling me about this place called the Tail of the Dragon. Has anybody ever ridden that on a motorcycle? Tail of the Dragon? Okay. Or, or ridden it, period. I, I've never been to it, never heard of it. Up near uh, Tennessee, North Carolina, somewhere up in there. And it's a road, I, I wrote it down, with 318 twists and turns. 300. It's like, some of the, it's like Richburg Road over there, you know. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. 318 twists and turns, and he showed, he showed me pictures, and they're riding it with a motorcycle. And I, mean, I mean, they're a hairpin turn. I believe I have a, a picture of it up here. There, there's just one section of it. I mean, it's crazy. It's called the tail of the dragon. He says, I don't know, I forget how many times he told me he had ridden that with his motorcycle, and I'm thinking, I would be over the cliff already, you know. There ain't no, enough guardrails on that for me to ride that. And I got to thinking about that road as I was preparing the message. How often is the will of God for our life, in our mind, a straight road? Yep, here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to Bible college. I'm going to go to the mission field, see a lot of people saved, a worldwide revival, and then Jesus comes back. Right? <laughs> Pretty simple. You're not able to go to Bible college. Why? Because maybe, maybe you, 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 your health is not good. You can't go. That wasn't part of the plan. That's a curve in the road. Maybe you are able to go to Bible college, but you're not able to finish and Maybe you wanted to be a missionary and you felt like you, you needed to be a missionary, but God called you uh, just to, to work in your local church. And you're like, God, all those twists and all those turns. Can I tell you, watch this. When you're going down one of those roads with all those curves, you don't know what's around the corner. So you know what you have to do? 
when you're on the will of God for your life and you can't see around the corner, you just have to trust. Isn't that what faith is? The thing's not seen. We like it when we've got everything lined out. God, I see the plan, and God, as long as you don't mess with it, everything's going to be okay. Oh, can I tell you, God has hidden places on the road to readiness. And one of the best things you can learn and the best places you can learn is here in this pit. Why? Because the pit, this hidden place, is where you learn a little bit about God's plan. Let's hurry tonight and give you the second thing real quick. Look down. The Bible says, uh, let me get back to my scripture here because there it is. Verse 24. Cast him into the pit, and watch this. The pit was empty, and there was no water in it. The pit was empty. Now, why did God put that in there? God could have just said they threw him in a pit, but the Bible's very specific to describe the pit, that it was empty and there was no water in it. Watch this. I think God wants us to know something about that pit. He told us, watch, it's empty and there's no water in it. You know what that means for Joseph? It means that not only is the, the, uh, the pit a place that's hidden, number two, it's a place that's hopeless. There's nothing in there to get out with. It's empty. There wasn't a spare ladder that somebody just so happened to leave for him down there. There wasn't a, a, a repelling gun that he could shoot up and have a grappling hook to get out of there. No, it's empty. And then not only is it empty, the Bible says there's no water in it. That means Joseph is hopeless. Now, let me tell you why this is so important tonight. If you're not careful, you'll convince yourself that God is never going to allow you to come to a place of hopelessness. If you're not careful, you'll convince yourself of that. I don't know how many people have asked me in my ministry. They've asked me, well, doesn't God want me to be happy? Well, kind of, but he wants you to be holy, and, and being holy will make you happy. Because our definition of happy is not God's definition of happy. His is pure, and his is right. And can I tell you tonight, you better believe that God is going to lead you to places at times that are hidden. That you had no idea and they're unexpected. But number two, you better believe at times God's going to lead you to a place that seems hopeless. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, ask Daniel. I think a lion's den would be called a pit. And I think if you're in the lion's den, it'd be called hopeless. All right, I don't care how bad you are. You ain't bad enough. Down there in the pit with the lions, hey, God led him there. I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would call a fiery furnace a pit. And it was so hot that the men that threw them in perished. I would say that's hopeless. God let them there. God let them there. Why? Because this pit is a place we can learn some valuable, valuable lessons. Listen to what Job says. Job's wife in Job 2 says, curse God and die. So the pit got to her. He said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all of this did not Job sin with his lips. Do you know what Job was saying to his dear wife? Oh, I'm so thankful for Job. He had enough God in him to say, sometimes the pits are part of the plan. Sometimes they are. It was part of the plan for Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was part of the plan for Joseph as well. Now, why is it important we understand this? i got to hurry tonight. One day you're going to encounter an unexpected place of hopelessness. And you're going to be tempted to believe that God made a mistake. You're going to come to a place, a pit, where you're by yourself. Watch this in the pit. He had hit bottom. He was empty and helpless. One day you're going to hit bottom. 
One day you're going to come to a place you didn't expect. You're not going to realize that this was coming your way. And you're going to be looking up out of a pit. You're going to hit rock bottom just like Joseph did. He hit bottom. Now, he didn't do anything wrong, but he's at the bottom. Have you ever bottomed out? He's dry. There's no water. You ever run dry spiritually? And when you get there, there's going to be a great temptation to think, God made a mistake. How could God let this happen to me? Can I give you some encouragement tonight out of 1 Peter 4? The Bible says in verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. You know what he's saying right there? Hey, don't think the pits are strange. Sometimes the fire, you're going to think, God, why am I going through this? Watch this. The Bible says to try you. And then watch this. But rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings. And when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now stop right there. All right, you got to get this. What did it say when you fall into divers' temptations? Count it what? All joy. Now what is it saying about the fiery trial of our faith? Rejoice. And the Bible says, be glad also with exceeding joy. Why? How can you be joyful? How on earth can you be joyful in the fiery trial of your faith when you're going through something you don't understand and you're living in a pit that you did not expect? How can you rejoice? Here it comes. You ready? Because you realize the pit is part of the plan. God can use the pit. The devil would have you think that your tears are wasted, that the rain and the thunder in your life is no good. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's old Joseph in the bottom of the pit. I don't know this, but I'm going to give you my opinion. I don't believe he was crying. I don't believe he was crying. Watch Joseph throughout the rest of his life. You see a spiritual poise about him. I think Joseph understood this is part of the plan. God's going to do something through this. We read Paul's prison epistles. Well, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? We read Paul's prison epistles, and the reason they're so interesting is they were written during a time where Paul was incarcerated. Now, this is important to understand. Incarceration is kind of like a pit sometimes, isn't it? A Mamertine prison where Paul would have his head chopped off. It's kind of like a pit, and there he is. But here's the interesting thing. God was still giving Paul the writings while he was in prison. What does that mean? It means that God is not afraid of the pit. God can work in the pit, and God wants to work in you in the pit, but you've got to surrender that the pit is part of the plan. You know what we do? We fight the pit. I don't know how many times I've told God, and all the things we've been going through in the whole world, everybody's been going through something. I'm about tired of this. I'm about tired of the pit. I don't want to be in the pit. This isn't no fun in the pit. This is not good. God, have you forgotten about me? I know there's some members out there, and they occupy a lot of your time. And I'm over here. I don't know if you realize I'm still in the pit. You ever felt like that? But here's Joseph sitting idle, waiting on God, letting God work in his life through the pit. Now, why would God do this? Here's the beautiful, beautiful picture, okay? The third point's invitation, so we're almost done. Why would God lead Joseph here? I mean, he led Abraham to Shechem, Moriah, Bethel, Mamre. I mean, wonderful places where he got to meet with God. And you're thinking, God must not have liked Joseph. You feel like God doesn't like you? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. Sometimes I feel like he doesn't. All right? You're like, good night. They could have used that flat tire, not me. 
here's Joseph. God led him to a pit. Why did God lead him there? Watch this. Can we all use our imaginations for a moment? Joseph's been thrown into this pit. He's hit rock bottom. He's empty. He's dry. He's hopeless. Do you know why I believe that God led Joseph to this place? Because it was this place, the only thing Joseph could do was look up. That's the only thing he could do. No ladder, no rope, no help, no hope. The only thing he could do was look up. Now, can I ask you this? You know the story of Joseph, right? He's going to Egypt. He's going to be lied about. He's going to be thrown into prison. All these bad things are going to happen. And then he's going to be given the task to help supply corn for a nation of people for seven years. Do you know what Joseph's going to have to do all throughout the rest of his life? It's beautiful. He's going to have to look up. And God says, let's go ahead and go there first. Let's learn the lesson of the pit. Let's go there first. Because the rest of your life, you're going to have to learn how to look up. When you get to the prison, you're going to have to learn how to look up. When you're all alone, you've been forsaken, you're going to have to learn how to look up. When you are the one in charge of supplying the corn and and directing the traffic for all those people they be fed, you're going to have to learn to look up. So let me make this first stop on the road to readiness of your life. Let's go to the pit first. Folks, I don't like the pit. I don't like it when there are hidden places I didn't see coming, unexpected places I didn't know about. I don't like places where they're hopeless when I feel like there's no water here, there's nothing. I've hit bottom, my hands are empty, I am hopeless. I don't like it. But oh, when you begin to realize why God let you go there. Because it's in the pit, when there's nothing, you're dry, and you're rock bottom. The only thing you can do is look up and look to God and trust God. This is why I think we need to go to the pit sometimes. Sometimes I think we are so self-resourceful, we look to ourselves. Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. What is it saying? It's saying that, when we have no hope, there is nothing. And there's nothing we can do, nothing that we have. Finally, now we understand what hoping in God is all about. By the way, that's how I got saved. That's how I got saved. When I realized I had no hope. I was in the bottom. I had nothing to work with. I had no water. And the only thing I could do is look to a holy God who gave me his word that he would save me. That's what hope is. Because everywhere I looked, there was no hope for me. Can I tell you tonight, as a child of God on the road to readiness, if you ever find yourself in a pit, number one, it's a hidden place. Maybe you didn't see it and it's unexpected. Don't quit on God. Number two, it's a hopeless place. Don't quit on God. Why? There's a plan there. The last thing I want you to see before we close. The Bible says if you look down... And boy, I'm going to skip over a lot for our sake of time tonight. Let me just give you this last part. Verse 28, the Bible says, Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit. Now, I want you to see that part right there before we close. The Bible says they lifted him up 
Now you think about this. His brothers had written him off. You ever felt written off? His brothers had written him off. I mean, so much to the point, they're having lunch. Verse 25. And they sat down to eat bread. I mean, how cold could you be? Your brother's over there in the pit going to die, and you're breaking out the sandwiches. I mean, heartless. You feel better as a sibling tonight, don't you? He said, well, I never did that. You ought to feel better about yourself. He'd been written off by his brothers, and now watch what happens. The Bible says the Midianites, the merchantmen come along. They drew him out. They lifted him up. So what is the pit? God leads you to this first stop on the road to readiness like Joseph. It's a pit. It's a place that's hidden. It's the unexpected. Don't run from God when the unexpected happens. Number two, it's a place that's hopeless. You look around, you got nothing. Why? Because God wants you to learn to look up. Because then once you learn to look up, then you realize the pit is number three, a place of God's hand. The Bible says he lifted him up. He lifted him up. I'll leave you with Psalms 40 tonight. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Inclined unto me and heard my cry, he brought me also up out of what? Horrible pit. Horrible pit. Here is the problem. Before he was lifted up like Joseph was lifted up by the hand of God, the Bible says, I waited patiently. You know what David was doing in that pit? He was learning to look up. He was learning to look up. I don't know about you, I'm a, I'm a stubborn soul. I know, I know you're looking at me and you're thinking, no way. Don't laugh. I, I am a stubborn soul. And there are times on the road of readiness, I find myself in a pit. I used to watch MacGyver as a kid back in the 80s. And MacGyver could, you know, make a bomb out of bubble gum. MacGyver could take Legos and make a hang glider out of it. You know, as an American, not an American. Those are things that I wanted to do. And sometimes I find myself in the pit thinking, all right, how do I get out of here? No, the whole point is that you realize I can't get out of here. To get you to the place of hopelessness. To where finally, watch, you've patiently learned to look up. The Bible says, even though everybody had written him off, God raised him up. Why? God had something for him to do in Egypt. He just brought him there to learn something. Now, folks, hear me out tonight. I don't like the pit. I don't want to go to the pit. But I want to remind you what Isaiah 59.1 says. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot say, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. God can reach you in the pit. God can lift you up out of the pit. You say, I've come to this unexpected place in my life. I didn't see this coming. This was not part of the plan. This is a hidden valley in my life. Can I tell you, be still. Why? Because once you be still, you'll know that he's God. Because when you're in the pit and you've hit rock bottom and you have no water and the hand of God lifts you up, you know it had to be God. And that's why he led you there. So that you can learn to look up Learn to know what it feels like when the hand of God and only the hand of God gets you from the place that you are. Folks, I don't like it. I don't want to go there anytime soon. I don't want us to go there anytime soon. But God wants to make us ready just like he was making Joseph ready. Joseph, I got a big job for you. Not only are you going to take care of the Egyptians, but you're going to take care of your own family. So Joseph, before I can get you there, I got to get you here. You be patient. You wait on me. I'm going to lift you up. And you keep looking up, Joseph. You get to the prison. You keep looking up, Joseph. 
when they lie about you and forget about you, you just keep looking up, Joseph. And Joseph learned that lesson right there on day one, on the road to readiness when God took him to the pit. Folks, listen to me tonight. Don't fight the pit. God can make the pit part of your purpose. It's always part of his plan. That's where we learn to trust him. Amen. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to stop there. So much more we could say. But I think the Lord's made the message clear, and I pray that we'll respond to it in a way that we leave here different. Father, I thank you tonight for Joseph, and I thank you, Lord, for how you worked.